0: Use of recreational drugs, including cannabis, and Sexist attitudes and stereotypes The views of the characters do not reflect the views of the author. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is Episode 284. Hello, Metamorphs! Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I am Chris Lester, the creator of the Metamore City story universe. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. Each week, I bring you a piece of my fiction, available in audio for the first time anywhere. I'll also tell you the latest on my writing endeavors. More on that later in the show. But first, let's get to this week's story. Today, I'm bringing you chapter 25 in my Metamore City novel, Making the Cut. If you're new to the show, go back to episode 259 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. In last week's episode, Danny struggled to understand the changes that have happened to her since she became an androgyne. Meeting Jared has awakened to something within her that she doesn't understand. Before, she thought that a future with Rebecca was the most important thing in the world to her, important enough that she was even willing to become an androgyne in order to join Rebecca's breeding cell. But once she and Jared began spending time together, her thoughts of Rebecca seemed to fade into the background. Jared was the one that she wanted, to the point of even throwing herself at him in the middle of a public place. The wizard Artax, who created the pseudo curse that Danny is using, Confirm that this isn't a result of his magic, or anyone else's. Nor does Danny's mind show any signs of telepathic control. What has happened to her is deeper, a change in what she wants and considers important at the most fundamental level. Danny's soul has changed. The idea that this was done to her by someone, that there's a person out there with the power to change people's souls, is a possibility that Artax could not dismiss, though he's never heard of such a thing, and it would be horrifying if such a person existed. But both Artax and Danny suspect it's more likely that this is a change Danny brought about in herself, a result of the aching loneliness and isolation of being an outcast in telepath society. Jared offered her the chance for something she had been desperately wanting, to build a life with someone who wanted her, Danny might feel like a slut for acting the way she had around him, but that idea was a destructive stigma that she was better off getting rid of. When she got home and found a message from Rebecca on her answering machine, she deleted it and called Jared instead. It's time for her to let go of the past. But Rebecca was calling because her own life is getting complicated and dangerous, The Summer Cell is about to embark on a mission to break into Viscount Security Solutions, a front company controlled by the Vampire Syndicate. Inside Viscount's vault is the data that Brian's team failed to retrieve during the Skyport mission. If they can get it out, they can redeem themselves in the eyes of the Psy Collective and save their breeding cell from being broken up. They have help on this mission, Callie Linder, a teenaged runner with supernatural luck powers, and Elder Miriam Bakhtavar, a powerful egoist and telepath, and an influential leader in the collective. Miriam is going to use her resources and connections to get the Summer Sell the equipment they'll need for the mission. But even so, they're up against long odds. Making the Cut A Novel of Metamore City Written and read by Chris Lester Chapter 25 Okay, good. Now hold that pose for just a few seconds. Great. Alright, you can switch back. Danny let out a breath and relaxed, letting her body return to its more comfortable female form. It was getting easier to consciously control her transformations, but lately she could feel the strain of it when she returned to Daniel's old form. On some level, it was like her body knew that she was supposed to be a woman. She smiled. And why shouldn't it, she thought. I'm finally enjoying my life again. I'm even enjoying this. She arched her back and raised her hands above her head. Nathan changed positions and snapped a few more photos with his still camera. Very nice definition, he said, as he paused to adjust one of the lights in the makeshift studio. We've been wanting to study the effects of the curse on musculature, but it's hard to find test subjects who are toned enough to collect good data. Danny ran a hand over her taut, muscular stomach and smiled again. I guess all those hours in the Somnock are paying off, then. Nathan grinned. Most definitely. Are you doing all right, Dee? Not too hot or anything. Danny shook her head. Kevin had allowed them to use his sanctum for Nathan's research project, and they had covered the walls with plain white sheets that made a stark contrast with Danny's skin. The adjustable spot lamps that Nathan had brought in made the room warmer than usual, but Danny found it comfortable enough. The fact that she wasn't wearing a stitch of clothing probably helped. It was funny, she thought. A few days ago, she would have been bothered by the thought of Nathan taking pictures of her naked. But ever since she had decided to stop fighting against her own subconscious desires, the desires of her spiritual mind, as Artax had called them, she found that things had become easier. Spending time with Jared seemed to help. He and Danny had gotten together each of the last three nights and his wholehearted acceptance of her identity as a woman made it easier to accept it herself. Even Nathan's ogling gave her a little thrill at the knowledge of how desirable she was. To his credit, Nathan had been far more professional than Danny had expected. She could sense his lust for her every time his skin brushed against hers, but he had kept his urges to himself and focused on collecting the data his research group required. Even when he had recorded close-up images of Danny's genitals changing form, Nathan had kept a scientist's detachment through the entire process, despite the fact that his face was only a few decimeters from her exposed crotch. Danny had learned a few things about herself, too. The curse was more versatile than a simple on-off switch between male and female forms. If she thought about it, she could consciously control the degree of masculinity or femininity her body displayed. In the last few days, she had taken on the form of a slender, effeminate man, a boyish woman with small breasts and narrow hips, and a buxom sex sexpot with a dramatic hourglass figure. Her appearance wasn't the only thing that changed, either. She found that her sex drive was enhanced when she shifted to a more feminine form. According to the research Nathan had showed her, androgynes might even give off special pheromones when they were in their more extreme forms, pheromones that would increase the sexual receptivity of the people around them. I'll have to remember that, she thought, grinning at the possibilities that came to mind. Still, on the whole, she felt most comfortable in a form like the one she'd first changed into, athletic and slender unmistakably feminine, without being a purely sexual object. Nathan took a few more photos, then nodded in satisfaction and turned off the spot lamps. That's enough for today, he said. I need to pull these up on the computer and make sure everything's usable. Thanks again for doing this, Danny. Danny smiled and pulled on her robe. Not a problem. I'm actually having fun. Nathan blushed, grinning like a schoolboy. Excellent. Clutching his camera in one hand and his video recorder in the other, he ducked out of the sanctum and headed off to his bedroom. Kevin was leaning up against the wall next to the door when she came out. He smirked and nodded down the hallway in the direction Nathan had gone. Is he behaving himself? he asked. More than you would believe. She took a sip from her water bottle, then gestured toward the sanctum. I think we're done in there for now. I can get changed and clean things up if you're expecting a client. Take your time, Kevin said. Stephen and I are going to a movie tonight. You got a call from Jared, by the way. Danny perked up immediately. Yeah? Kevin nodded. He says that he's finished testifying at that competency hearing, and he's free for the rest of the evening if you want to do something. Danny murred happily and headed over to the telephone in the living room. Half a minute later, Jared was en route to the apartment. She put the handset back in its cradle and turned to find Kevin hovering a meter away. "'It's going well, then, I take it?' he asked. She gave him a self-satisfied smile and nodded once. "'Have you slept with him?' Her smile faltered a little. "'Not yet,' she admitted." Just a few kisses here and there. He's been a complete gentleman. Sometimes to a fault, she added silently. Kevin wasn't a telepath, but he must have read her thoughts in her expression. But you want to sleep with him, he said. She felt herself blush, but she nodded. I've been, um, sort of fantasizing about it. It was true. They hadn't had another incident like the one at the panoramic— but Danny's subconscious had been busy at night with thoughts of what she might like to do with Jared. Kevin sat down on the arm of one of the chairs and looked at her closely. "'And you're sure that this is you who wants this?' he asked softly. "'It's not just the magic talking.' She shook her head firmly. "Artex checked that,' she said. "'This is a part of me, Kevin, deep down on the inside.' I don't know how long it's been there, but it's there. And yeah, that's a little scary, but I'm only going to cause myself more pain if I deny it. I can't be afraid to embrace what I am. She shrugged. I learned that from watching you. Kevin closed his eyes for a moment and smiled. He came over to her and planted a gentle kiss on her forehead. Then I wish you the best, and I want you to have this he pressed something into the palm of her hand. She looked down and saw a pendant attached to a leather cord. The wooden disc was about the size of a quarter mark and had a prominent protection glyph etched into one side. A birth control amulet? she asked, looking up at him. I picked it up for you on the way home from work, he said, just in case you need it. Denny slipped the amulet around her neck, feeling a flush of excitement as she did so. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Impulsively, she leaned forward and planted a kiss on his cheek. He smiled and put a hand on her shoulder. Be careful, all right? She nodded, but her mind was already swimming with possibilities. She could hardly wait for Jared to arrive. He showed up at the door twenty minutes later. Danny let him inside and greeted him with a hug and a peck on the lips. Glad you can make it, she said. That makes two of us, he said, grinning. Hey, Danny, Nathan called from his bedroom. Come here a second, will ya? Jared gave her a questioning look. She shrugged and headed down the hallway. Come on, you may as well meet the flatmates. Nathan was waiting for her with a computer printout and a pen. This is a release form, he said. I need you to sign this before I can upload the data to our server. Danny scanned over the legal text briefly. It seemed straightforward enough. She signed it and passed the sheet back to him. Thanks. We'll do another session whenever it's convenient for you. His eyes drifted to a spot above Danny's shoulder. "'So, is this our lucky friend from Metamore's Finest?' "'Oh, sorry,' Danny said. Jared, this is Nathan Levy, our resident computer genius. "'Nate, this is Jared Tamlin.' Nathan offered his hand to Jared. "'Pleased to meet the man who won the heart of our fair Belle, he said, grinning amiably. Jared took his hand and clasped it briefly, but there was no warmth in the gesture.' His eyes scanned the room, and Danny could see a tightening at their corners. How do you do? he said. Nathan's smile slowly faded. Well, I'm pretty well, I think. I've never had any complaints. He laughed, and there was no mistaking the nervousness in the sound. Danny looked back and forth between them, confused. What was Jared's problem? Jared smiled politely at Nathan's joke. Fair enough. So, how old are you, Nathan? His tone of voice was almost too casual. Nathan cleared his throat and scratched the bridge of his nose. Um, twenty-three? Ah. Jared glanced upward, and now Danny saw what he was looking at. One of the many posters of scantily clad women that covered the walls and ceiling of Nathan's room. Oh she thought. Danny touched his shoulder. Jared, hon, we should get going. Jared took her hand and smiled. I'll be right along. Why don't you go ahead and get your shoes, and I'll meet you at the door in a second. The touch of his skin against hers created a telepathic contact, and she heard his unspoken thought. I need to have a word with this guy. Be nice, she said firmly then broke the contact and went to her room to retrieve her shoes and purse. As promised, Jared met her at the door a moment later. What was that about? she asked, once they were outside. He grimaced. I just told him that he ought to be more thoughtful about how he decorates. It's disrespectful for him to have all of those... girly pictures plastered everywhere. Women shouldn't be treated like sex objects. I could forgive it if he were a teenager, but the man's twenty-three years old. He needs to grow up. Danny frowned. You shouldn't judge him before you've gotten a chance to know him, Jared. Nate's a nice guy. Okay, maybe he's a little horny, but he's a gentleman in the ways that really matter. She put a hand on his arm. Don't bring it up again, all right? I don't need you to protect me. She smirked. I was a horny guy once, too, remember? He ducked his head and grinned sheepishly. "'You make it easy to forget sometimes,' he said. "'Maybe you're right. Maybe I overreacted. I care about you, and I didn't want you to have to live somewhere where you felt like you were being treated like a piece of meat. I apologize if I went too far.' Danny kissed his cheek, then wrapped her arm around his. "'Apologize to Nate later. For now, I'm taking you out for a change.' Danny directed Jared to an apartment complex near the grounds of Empire University, on the second level of the city. Next to the main entrance to the complex was an old-fashioned wooden door that opened onto a set of stairs leading downward. Danny held the door open for Jared, and the sounds of music and conversation drifted up from below. She gave him a grin and a wink. After you, she said. The walls were made of red and brown bricks, while the floor and ceiling were dark, polished wood. A large white sign greeted them at the first landing. Private Property Class B Substances in Use The owner of this establishment hereby gives notice of consent to the use of Class B controlled substances on the premises. Any person entering herein is understood as having given tacit consent to the use of these substances in his-slash-her presence, and indemnifies the proprietor and his-slash-her fellow patrons of any responsibility for the associated risks of exposure. City of Metamore Civil Code, Title 11, Chapter 13, Section 27B Jared raised an eyebrow at Danny. You're taking me to a smoking parlor? Her grin got even wider. It's much more than that. Come on. The stairs turned left at the landing and descended one more flight, emerging onto a small vestibule with a single spotlight overhead. Arched doorways to the front and the right revealed dimly lit rooms filled with booths and tables. To the left lay a coat room and a wooden podium. A short blonde woman with a ponytail and a mole on her left cheek looked up at them with a serious expression. I'm sorry, she said, but we're closed for a private engagement. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Even as she spoke the words, though, she was also broadcasting a telepathic message, which even Danny's faint senses could detect. Welcome to the cellar. If you can hear this, then tell me the name of the common bond that unites us. The hive is the bond that unites us all, Danny said. She tapped the side of her head. Sorry, I'm not very good at transmitting. The blonde woman's expression immediately changed from grave to cheerful. She stepped forward and clasped Danny's hand. Not a problem. You're one of us, and that's all that matters. I'm Lindy. Danny, this is Jared. Lindy took Jared's hand as well. I haven't seen you in here before. It's my first time, Jared admitted. And my first time in a while, Danny said. Well, you're always welcome. Cabs and cigs are for sale at any of the bars, and we also have a limited supply of shimmer that's fresh from the labs in Merrigand. Jared frowned. Shimmer? Mild sigh, Enhancer, Lindy explained. It's not as toxic as Mad John, or as dangerous as Brimstone. Mostly it makes it easier to enter Gestalt's, Most people also experience side effects similar to essence. Euphoria, a heightened sense of empathy, and an improved sense of touch. She waggled her eyebrows. Very popular for lovers. Downsides? Danny asked. Lindy shrugged. Some people have trouble sleeping when they're coming down, unless you take it with alcohol, in which case you're going to crash pretty hard pretty fast. Not really dangerous, though, unless you're trying to drive or something. Let's see. Um, don't use it if you're on antidepressants, or if you've got high blood pressure. Also, you should stick to decaf if you decide to take it. The pills are high purity, 150 mils apiece, so we're limiting it to one dose per customer. Danny nodded. How much? Twenty-five marks. Believe me, if you've got plans to get naked later, it's worth every cent. Danny and Jared looked at each other and blushed. We'll think about it, Danny said. Thanks for the info. No problem. Enjoy your stay. Danny led Jared into the room opposite the staircase. The tables and booths were arranged in a U-shape around a low stage, where a group of musicians played eclectic-sounding melodies on instruments collected from at least three continents. Fans hung from low ceilings over walls that were half brick and half wood paneling. A coffee bar ran along one side of the room, and the sounds of the grinders and steam wands mingled with the music and the low undercurrent of conversation. Jared put his arm around Danny and leaned in close to her ear. This is hive owned, isn't it? The cellar. It's a play on words. Like the cells in a honeycomb. Danny nodded. Becca and I used to come here when we were at uni. It's a pretty mellow scene. "'Judging from the amount of cannabis I'm smelling in here, I don't doubt it.' Danny shrugged. "'Private property, Jay. It's all legal.' He ran a hand over his chin. "'And that other drug she mentioned? Shimmer? I've never even heard of it, and cops hear about everything. "'Wouldn't be the first time we kept something away from the Mundys, would it?' She crossed her arms. "'Look, if you're not comfortable with it, we can just go.' I wouldn't want you to see anything you'd have to report later. Jared sighed and rubbed the bridge of his nose. I'm sorry, Danny. I'm not trying to ruin the evening. I've just never spent much time at Class B clubs. Section 27B always felt like a loophole to me. Comes with being a cop, I guess. He shrugged. And I've never really felt welcome in Hive territory, either. Danny stepped in close to him and put her arms around his neck. I know. Just give it a chance, okay? I'm not going to ask you to try Shimmer if you don't want to, but let's at least get some coffee and dessert and listen to the music for a while. Jared smiled and kissed her. Okay, I'm up for that. They went over to the coffee bar, where they ordered lattes and an odd sort of chocolate and raspberry pastry that looked big enough to share. The employees and the other customers were all as warm and friendly as Lindy had been, and Danny chatted with them about the latest gossip while they waited for their drinks. She introduced Jared to them, and everyone welcomed him without hesitation as a fellow spooky. Danny was amused by the irony of the situation. If she had come in here as Daniel, both he and Jared would have been treated with pity if they were noticed at all. Now that she was a woman, though, it didn't matter how weak her powers were. She was a teep and a woman, and that made her an automatic VIP in Hive Society. As for Jared, he was here on the arm of a beautiful woman, and if she thought he was worthy of her time, then there must be something special about him. The longer they talked with the people around them, the more Jared relaxed. Danny could see the tension draining out of his shoulders, And that sparkle she loved coming back into his eyes. He seemed to finally understand that he was being accepted here, and it gave Danny a warm, glowing feeling inside that she was able to give him that gift of acceptance just by his being here with her. It was a gift that Daniel never could have had for himself, and that made it all the more precious. Eventually, they found a little booth with a good view of the stage and cuddled up next to each other to listen. Jared reached into his pocket and pulled out a cab, which he offered to Danny. She looked at him in surprise. "'I thought you didn't approve,' she said. He shrugged. "'It occurred to me that everyone here is part of the collective, so in a way you could say that this is just an extended family gathering.' He pulled out a lighter and lit the end of the cab. "'And sharing a cab at a family reunion isn't going to hurt anyone.' Smiling, Danny nestled in close to Jared and took a hit from the cab. As the sweet, herbal scent of cannabis spiraled around them, she closed her eyes and let the music carry her away. And that's the end of Chapter 25. Come back next time when Danny and Jared go back to his apartment for some one-on-one time. Now it's time to check in on my writing endeavors. Here's the weekly writing report. This update covers the week of April 10th through April 16th. I wrote 2,379 words this week, over the course of 3.5 hours, for an average writing speed of 680 words per hour. As of Friday night, I've gone 362 days without breaking my chain. This week I finished the first draft of my Natasha story, Learning the Ropes. I started this story on February 12th and finished it on April 10th, after 58 calendar days and 32 days of actually working on the story the manuscript topped out at 13,234 words, which means it's technically a novelette rather than a short story. I spent 30.5 hours working on this story, averaging 433 words per hour and 414 words per workday. That's the slowest I've written a story since 2018. Learning the ropes is way longer than I wanted it to be. My plan was to write a short introductory story that I could give away for free. To be honest, I'm also not sure if it's actually good. I felt pretty drained by the time I finished it, and I'm not sure if that's telling me something meaningful, or if it's just another wave of melees from this pandemic. Either way, I'm not going to try to do any editing on it just yet. I need some distance from the story before I'll be able to look at it objectively. It has now been a week and a day since I finished learning the ropes, and I still have no idea what I'm going to do next. I have several ideas for different directions to take with the House of Bellevue series, but they're all for bigger and more complex ideas that could easily be new novels in the series. My business plan says that my next step is to write a short epilogue story for the Honor Bound trilogy, something that I can offer to readers as an inducement to join my mailing list. I need something simple and light and relationship-driven, and I'm not really sure what it should be. I've kept my chain going by working on the podcast and writing story notes about the characters, hoping that this free association writing will spawn a new story idea. Another thing that definitely isn't helping is that I got my second COVID shot this weekend, and the resulting immune response was pretty intense. I got all those nasty, flu-like symptoms that the news has been warning about. Chills, body aches, fatigue, etc. So I'm trying to be patient with myself about the fact that my creative juices are depleted. I spent a lot of time this weekend playing the Mass Effect series, since that's something I enjoy that doesn't require me to feel particularly fresh or lively. Here's hoping that my immune system gets these antibodies figured out quickly so that next week can be more productive. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to Metamorcityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension two five five zero eight two, 82 followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is Facebook.com slash Author Chris Lester. The fan group is Fans of Metamore City on Facebook. And our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2021 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, Please visit creativecommons.org.